2: Hey parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone.
1: Or Twitter at CoachTWheel24 or Instagram TravisLWilliams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.
0: Man Show here with former Kansas State head coach Lewis Preston and he's an agent. Uh, Coach Preston, uh, how life up there for you guys, man, up there, up North Cobway, man?
2: Life up here is good. I can't complain right now. Uh, As we talked about earlier, you know, you got all the stuff going on in the NBA in light of everything today. So just kind of just taking it all in and and uh, seeing how we can get better as a society right now.
0: Mo, definitely, Coach Preston. I want to really talk about your journey because uh, you were at Kennesaw State and then you transitioned into the private world outside of coaching and now you're an agent. So talk about that journey from how one journey stopped when you coached at Kennesaw State to where you're at today. Coach, I think it's a great transition going from the floor to being an agent and, and like how have you done it. So, so let's talk to the listeners about that, Coach, if you don't mind.
2: Um, the, the first thing in regards to that, J.B., was, you know, I coached for 17 years, uh, had a great coaching career, very fortunate to work with, I think, when it's all said and done, you know, two Hall of Fame coaches and uh, Mike Bray, worked with him for six years at Notre Dame, uh, worked with Billy Donovan, was fortunate enough to be a part of that second national championship squad at Florida, um, and then, you know, from Notre Dame to Florida, then to Penn State. But before all that, I got started at Coastal Carolina with Pete Strickland, who was also my college uh, assistant coach. So having a chance to have that type of a career, then becoming a head coach at Kennesaw State, not working out the way that I wanted it uh, for three years, and then I actually stepped away from the game. Uh, completely for about two or three years, went out into corporate America. And uh, now I work with the BDS agency for with Brian Stanchak on the men's side. I've been doing that now for about two and a half years representing college coaches. The main reason why I decided to do that was to help coaches not make the same mistakes that I made and kind of uh, be that 30,000 foot uh, view, overall objective view have an experience in uh, coaching and then making sure that they're, they're doing everything that they need to do to be the best coaches they can be, not only uh, on and off the court, but also within the community and within society.
0: Most definitely, coach. Because having somebody who's been in that in those shoes to be able to represent them, we're dealing with ads, booster clubs, all the people that they deal with to get a contract done. I'm telling you, having somebody who's been in that fray and knows is is very crucial, coach. And I think that's a great thing. And uh, because you know, I, I know a lot of coaches in the business, of course, as you as you know, and knowing somehow how how the deals come mm-hmm. around, how they're structured, and they can get tricky and they try to run ring game on, on these guys. But having a guy like you who knows the game to represent them. They can save them some mistakes and sign some bad deals and get, get them messed up down the road to have the contracts trying before they want to, you know. So I, that's great uh, how you can be well, there to represent those guys out there, Coach.
2: Yeah, I, I think one of the main things right now is, is like everybody's trying to figure out this whole COVID piece and you're starting to see this with contract extensions and things of that nature, how how to try to navigate that. So, you know, I think during these times, especially when there's some financial uncertainty, especially at the collegiate level, uh, how to navigate those murky waters, but also at the same time, making sure that you don't ruin a long-term relationship uh, and knowing that, once again, as, as as my mom and dad would always say, tough times don't last, tough people do. Yes, so this indeed. is one of those tough times we got to figure out how to get through it.
0: Most definitely and you know I noticed this carousel this time around was very light you know and i was happy with that because mm-hmm. you know a lot of guys didn't lose their jobs just because the council usually be, is usually about between 50 and 60 jobs but up only in a given year in college basketball this year mm-hmm. maybe like 25 26 27 which i'm happy for so i feel like COVID gave some guys an opportunity because you know this was i do coach that sometimes 80s and presidents get very impatient you know you give a guy mm-hmm. a, total, a total rebuild job you don't give him Two years, three years to get it done, and he needs to build his, his own program, correct the errors the, the last staff, and and build it up. And year three, everyone, what much you want to, want to win? They fire on a guy. So, like, you know, when you're trying to structure, structure a deal, I'm assuming you try to get some protection allow a guy actually to build his program out the right way, not rush him. Two or three years, he's out of there, and we're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I think one of the main things in regards to that is if you're starting to really pay attention to collegiate athletics, a lot of times you're not able to go through a cycle of recruiting uh, within that four-year span before there's changes made. Um, If you're successful, most of the time you're able to move up in the coaching ranks uh, to get a, you know, a power of seven, Hopefully a power five job. If not, if you're on the other side of it and you're, you're being terminated, it's, it's making sure that you do what's best to not only protect yourself in the short term, but also the long term. I think for us, I think one of the things we've been fortunate, um, uh, is having a young man that, that I think is going to be a star in the coaching business, a young man, Marlon Sears, who actually, um, just this past offseason, he's the new head coach at, at Amherst, uh, up in the Northeast, uh, up outside of Boston. And I think one of the things that's amazing about that is building those relationships. But also at the same time, you got to control your controllables the best way you know how. And I think what COVID's done, uh, hopefully, to a lot of you, a lot of coaches, is to get reconnected. Not only with their teams and with their staffs, but also getting reconnected with their families as well, because I think that's very important uh, as you continue to navigate through these times, because as we've seen today, you've got certain things going on right now that I think these are going to have longer term effects as opposed to short term effects.
0: Yes, indeed, Coach, and like you kind of alluded to with the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, the Orlando Magic, the Bucottes-Lays game, and now the Thunder and the Rockets are not going to play and we'll see what the Lakers and the Blazers are going to do. But it's time, Coach, you know, like I've pretty much used my show since June, Coach, for the greater good of our people because I'm 33 years old, so I understand, you know, what – can happen to a young man in college, to a, to somebody older than me because, you know, I live in it. You know, my parents grew up in the civil rights era. My parents are six, 69 and 79 years old. So my parents lived mm-hmm. it. You no, know, I'm the first one in my family to be born, be born for rights, first of was the voting Rights Act, Fair Housing Act, civil rights, I'm the first one to be born. And that's 87. My parents weren't born with rights when they mm-hmm. was born. so. It's a new day, Coach, and I feel like I've used my show for good to help affect the Atlanta community and beyond via the World Wide Web and the podcast world and the digital world because the message is clear. It's time for a change, Coach.
2: Right, and and if you've paid attention, I don't, I do not think there's been an NBA coach who's been as involved as Lloyd Pierce from the Hawks Mm-hmm. in regards to social injustice and social change and being involved in the Atlantic community uh, during the protests. Uh, I think one of the things about the NBA that they do a great job of is that they have, <clears throat> they have come together collectively and voiced their opinion and voiced and continued uh, to put it out in the forefront because I think right now there is a lot of, there, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that want to try to get back to some semblance of normalcy mm-hmm. and to try to create some distractions to get away from what the message is. And I just going to continue to go back and say this, we got to keep making the main thing the main thing. And uh, the racial, the social injustice that's going on, um, just watching everything, just, in our country right now it is something that's eye-opening to me being the father of two daughters you know um living in northwest georgia uh living a great community i'm not going to take anything away from the cobb county community i think it's one of the best communities in the state to live in but also at the same time you know you're 33 i'm 49 and you know you just don't know on a certain moment what could happen. So we gotta make sure that we are aware of that and we continue, we continue to educate. Here's the four words I keep talking about all the time through this and we talk to our clients about this as well. You've got to communicate, you have to educate, you have to empower, right? And then once you empower, you have to go out and continue uh, to have empathy Mm -hmm. and compassion as we continue uh, to learn, to grow, and continue to be a part of the change that we want to see in this world.
0: And Coach, you know, uh, I I had never felt this way like I feel after George Floyd, Coach, and I I decided, hey, I have a a show with a platform that ranges deep. I need to use my voice for good. And, you know, Coach, I'll be honest with you now. I'm I'm just going to say it on, on the air here. I've lost four sponsors. I've been talking about social issues, racial issues. I lost four, four, four sponsors. I don't care about it because I'm doing, I'm doing this for the good. That shows me about them and where they stand. So long time about the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Braves and the, and the Falcons is all good. Let's talk about me as a black man, it's a problem. So that showed me where, where, where they stand. So coach, I feel like, you know, I I've, li- I've lived it. I've been on had to be on Medicaid. I've had to be on food stamps. I've had to not have access to care. All these issues that, that, that are in the forefront, I've lived them. So I'm gonna speak on them. And you know, it's now it's about coach to my mind, right be wrong. It's not right versus left, it's right versus wrong. you want to be the right side of history? Wrong side of history. Are you for the people or are you not? So that's why I'm with it, coach. I feel like it's time for us to be be real about it. If we want equality in America, We gotta, we gotta be about it with our actions, not just our words, or just, or just thoughts and prayers, and move on with our, our our day.
2: Right, and and JB, as you talk about that, even from a deeper perspective, um, at the end of the day, we're both black men, and if you've looked at the statistics, it hasn't been very favorable, Um, you know, but. We're also in a day and age and era that where social media is probably at its all-time high. Mm-hmm. So with that, there's a variety of different platforms. I mean, you see what's going on with the NBA, with the equality shirts, uh, with the different things they're doing in the bubble. I think what Chris Paul is doing with the different HBCU shoes uh, that he's wearing every game, uh, you know, how players – have shown a united front in their post-game interviews, coaches in their post-game interviews, you know, talking about the different things that's going on in America. Um, We have to get to the point where we have to have the uncomfortable conversations. Yes. And I will go back and say this. I'm willing to be reasonable as opposed to rational with this. And what I mean by that is, When you have rational thinking, you try to find people that follow or believe in what you believe and you go off in your group. When you talk about reasonable, you're willing to be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But willing to be wrong knowing what you believe in. But once again, it comes to having the uncomfortable conversation. If you want to try to run away from this situation, it's going to eventually catch up to you. And I don't care if you are a uh, Power 5 athletic director. I don't care if you are a Power 5, Power 7 college president or senior administrator. I don't care if you are a coach, uh, assistant coach, support staff, players. You have to have these conversations. And we're seeing something right now that is so unprecedented that – and I'm talking about with COVID and then with everything else going on, it's almost like a perfect storm of events to where you have to talk, all right? Because if you do not communicate now, once again, I'll say it and I'll say it a thousand times, it's going to come back to haunt you later on because here's what I tell my coaches. How in the world can I as a coach during this time not have these conversations with you but then at a very critical point i blow the whistle and i'm going to say i demand a hundred percent of you how can i demand a hundred percent of you on and off the court when i didn't give you a hundred percent of me
0: most definitely
2: when you needed certain questions answered that that right there you know and I don't even coach anymore, and I've laid awake at night about that. Because, once again, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a uncle, I'm a cousin, you know. So, I mean, how can you do that? You, this is something that, in my mind, is very hard to you know, compartmentalize. I think you have to meet this head on and be willing, once again, and I'm going to say it again, Now, I'll say it until, you know, I go horse. You have to have the uncomfortable conversations.
0: You got that right, coach. And, you know, that's what I've been trying to stress to my white friends. He's like, look, it's time to talk about this. You can't run from it no more. You can't hide behind, you know, the Bible or God. This is right and wrong. Now, you, you, if you feel about that, I'm sure Jesus will be on the side of the protesters. If you're really about that, right? If you're about that life, you tell me you are. You can't, you can't hide behind policies, how I was raised. It's right and wrong. It's time to evolve. You know, I'm just gonna say it. Uh conservative means to keep the same, to conserve, to preserve what it used to be. It's where it's it's time to progress, not regress. You know, coach, I said it on my show, and I I have offended some of my listeners by saying it, but it's just coach, I'm gonna point man. I I, I do i doing this for my for my father, my mother, who are of age now, I've aged out and can't talk anymore. Like, I but I have a platform. Is there a son who, who two parents who grew up who was allowing Martin the King got assassinated and told me how it was. Now he got killed in Memphis that in 68. They both told me how it was. So I have stories for days from my parents who grew up in this area, who can talk to me about how it was. So I am I feel coached, like I've been called and I have a calling to use my sports platform and what's been given to me by my by, by, by the grace of God and my talents, but for, but for a different cause. Now using, still doing what I do for a living coach, which is cover sports, but also giving people the life and the real, and how it really is, it's being a black man in America, and how we may make this change today and get uncomfortable to make the systemic change happen.
2: Right. And, and I will go back and I will say this as well. I think there these are emotional times, okay? We have to be strategic with the emotion versus logic. And what I mean by that, we all can logically say George Floyd was murdered I've yet to see a person say that he was not murdered right Mm -hmm. so how do we move on from from that and not move on to forget about it but to move on to make sure it doesn't happen again now I have have former buddies that I play basketball with that are police officers right and in talking to them they give me a much different perspective, right? But they also give me the perspective of being a black man who's also a police officer. So no, those things I, I do take into consideration and that's the reason why as I'm speaking right now, I, once you take the emotion out and you just think logically about this, and I take, you know, I, I, this to me is not about politics, this is just about right and wrong, Most right, definitely. you know, and, and, and what we're trying to do is teach, you know, the next generation, the Gen Z generation behind us, you know, right from wrong and that we've seen a lot of wrong this happen. We've seen a lot of right. This happened during this time too, because I think with times like this, there's great opportunity, right. To make sure that we don't have history repeat itself. And I think we're living through uh, a form of history that's repeating and hopefully it doesn't happen like this again in either one of our lifetimes.
0: Yes, indeed coach, you know, I can say when I see my little cousins who are five, four and two years old, they so innocent and just don't understand what the world they're in. You know, I, I say, you know, mm. I, I wish I had it, their innocent minds. But I it's like, I, I, I don't sleep well. So I'm thinking about, you know, how can I protect them? How can I make sure they're okay? You know, because there are three young, l- young little black boys who are growing up in, in star bridge georgia not really knowing at their age what's going on around them but i see it every day i try to also tell my cousin you talk to him about this you can't run from he he doesn't want to he's scared to kind of think about it because those are three boys but you have to prepare prepare yourself as a parent and eventually prepare them For that talk, you had to give them that you know, so they can be ready for it. I'm trying to prepare his mind right now, coach, because it's it's very key. We have, we we, like you, you live in up north, I live in I live in North Henry County here, so we are in great parts of town, great communities. But reality is, if we go a little bit farther out. It's just Georgia, <laughs> you know it's just the real Georgia, you know, so we have to really be prepared for that as well, so I try to tell my cousin we have to always have our stuff out on the dashboard there, don't make any sudden movements, cast up a certain way, so we can always, hey, don't be a threat. Don't present yourself as a threat. Gonna, but even if you're not there, you can also get killed sometimes. But try to listen. All things can where It can go sideways. And don't try to win a traffic stop in the streets. they will never happen. Try to be, you got to beat them in court if you make it to court. So I us trying to teach my cousins and teach and teach my, my listeners these, these concepts. Coach, I was trying to get us to be protected down the road and save us from a bad outcome if we possibly can.
2: And I think, and I think with that also, we have to, um, I I keep going back to the word educate and we have to empower. And I think we, there has to be a level of empathy and compassion in regards to all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I I go back and I think about this all the time. As much as possible, I try to take the emotion out of it because I would not want uh, to work in a job to where I got, I was a paid on the emotions of what my boss or supervisor or somebody was going through on a day-in and day-out basis, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we have to take, you know, to an extent the emotion out of it. But it's also an emotionally charged time because we keep seeing this stuff that's happening and, and we're like, when is it going to stop? And... I don't have an answer to that. And, and going back to something I said earlier, when you're talking to coaches and you're saying, you know, you know, talking about your white friends having these conversations, I think the, these conversations to me cross all color lines because with it, there's a level of vulnerability you have. This might be one of the first times that as a leader, it's okay to say, I don't understand. You know, uh, I don't understand what's going on with this right now. But, you know, if I'm talking to an individual student athlete, if I'm talking to somebody, you know, on on my staff, if I'm talking to somebody uh, within the athletics department, maybe you have somebody in your family that's going through it or is going through it, help me to better understand it. How can I better educate my team through this? Um, What are some examples, you know, historically that we've seen in regards to this? Because, now, these aren't interesting times, these are horrifying times. Most and definitely. We have, to, we have to come to some type of, I, I'm trying to find the right word here, we have to, balance isn't the right, we have to come to a mutual level of respect for human life Most at definitely. the end of the day. Most definitely A mutual coach. respect of human life. Like I do not walk out of here, out of my house. You know, uh, I'm not. A, I, I don't carry guns. I respect people that you know want to carry guns and do I don't walk out of my house with the intention of trying to do harm. I walk out of my house every day with the intention to to try to bring some good into the world, the best way I know how. Sometimes that's not for everybody. You know, sometimes people are just in a different place. But I think another important thing we have to do. Is meet people where they are, and then try to help elevate from that you know particular spot of where they are. Once again, we can lead people to you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Sometimes you can give all that you can, and then some people just don't want to accept it. And with that, you got to have the intelligence and the and, and the wherewithal to know when to move on uh, to the next one. Because there's always, to me, going to be a next one out there. That's what I loved about coaching. There's always a next one that you can go out and have the opportunity to help change their life and impact their life and help to watch that light bulb come on.
0: Now, Coach, uh, I know you've been out of the game uh, for a few years. Here, How, do you ever forget the urge to want to get back into coaching, or do you feel like that that life has passed you by? Do you want to get back in ever?
2: The life has never really passed me by. I've stayed involved with basketball, whether it's doing some different things with the Hulk's and smith Classics or uh, with Marcus Burnett and SUV TV. I uh, was doing some stuff with the Georgia Hoop Circle, contributing there. I contribute to a variety of different things in regards to basketball. I love the game of basketball. It, it afforded me the opportunity to get a college education. It afforded me the opportunity to travel the world it afforded me the opportunity to impact uh, young, young men's lives. Uh, I met my wife through basketball. Uh, my two daughters were born as, when I was a basketball coach. So uh, basketball's had a had a very positive impact on my life. So, you know, uh, I'm very strategic now in, in how I use basketball because at the end of the day, always in different talks, did you use the basketball or did the basketball use you? And hopefully it's you use the game of basketball to take you to those next levels in life as you transition out of that sport uh, to whatever you want to do next, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's coaching, whether it's uh, politics or whatever, you know, field the platform you want to go or use.
0: Now, coach, you know, the, the real, a lot of MVPs of of being a coach is the coach's wife. So, um, so let's talk about how your wife has supported you and your daughter supported you, because I know that's really a, the, uh, the untold story of a coach is how the wife holds down the home or the coach is out recruiting, traveling, you know, game planning, you know. So let's talk about how important a coach's wife is to the coach being successful as well.
2: I, I always tell people that a coach's wife is, is – in, in, that's the right way to put it. They're the real MVP because, you know, we get to hide behind four walls when things aren't going well, and I can walk in my office at 6 a.m. and don't come out till 11 at night. I can control that. But, you know, they're the ones that have to take the kids to school. They're the ones that have to go to the grocery store, you know, uh, or uh, historically – uh, I think we've evolved to a better point now, to where as men we're more involved in regards to those duties, especially during COVID. But you know, they they hear more of the rumblings than you do. And then another part, as coaches, you know, we kind of tune that out for the most part, knowing that part of signing that contract is you know there's going to be some some Monday morning quarterbacks, some armchair quarterbacks that all have the answers but they're also the same ones that are never willing to uh, put themselves on their sideline for 40 minutes and see what it's really like to try to control an environment. So.
0: Yeah. Cause I'd tell yeah. you what, you know, uh, You know, I can only imagine how coaches and wives have to deal with all the ups and downs and you come home mad after a tough loss on the road or a trip and just having the support of your kids and your wife to come to kind of make you forget about it for a few minutes about what just happened. So having that support system in the home, man, is so important. I admire coaches and wives and what they deal with and how they keep the home stable and steady while the coach tries to make it right on the court for his program and his young men.
2: No, I, and, and not only do are they basically, in a sense, kind of like the moms to the players that you bring into your program, but they also are the mother to your children. You know, uh, they carry on a lot of responsibilities that I think are uh, not highlighted the way that they need to be highlighted when you start thinking about a coach, whether they're successful or not. It, it's just a lot of the you know, uh, a lot of the responsibilities that a wife takes on, uh, they kind of take on your identity as well. So, uh, you know, as much as we talk about, hey coach, are you okay? I don't think we talk enough about, you know, are are our wives okay, are our children okay? You know, because I mean, I have a 17 year old and a 15 year old. Uh, Those can be some very interesting times in in, in young people's lives that, that where they, there's a lot of stuff thrown at them. Yes, indeed. when When you have a parent that's a public figure, a lot more stuff can be thrown at you.
0: You got there right. And you know, coach, you know, what's a blessing about it, you know, is that, hey, is it, impacting young men's lives. So let's talk about that part of, of the equation of coaching, impacting a young man's life, uh, helping them become a, a, a great husband, father, worker, whatever. After that ball gets to drop and using the basketball, use them for better. So uh, let's talk about helping these young men that you've coach over the years grow into being, no you know, great men in a society as they are right now. Uh-
2: I think one of the main things that that I enjoyed about uh, coaching was the relationships. Um, You know, we always put a game plan together on how we were going to develop them on and off the court. But, you know, the main goal was to make sure that they would be productive men in society in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I've always felt that one of the greatest compliments you could ever receive is, when a player, you know, lets you know, hey, you're getting married, get a wedding invitation. Um, You're actually in a player or assistant coach, coach's wedding, um, baby announcements, things of that nature. Uh, I, I think those things resonate because we all talk about the two to three to four years, but you really want it to be a 40 to 50 year relationship. Um, and that to me is the main reason I feel like a majority of coaches coach, uh, especially within my age group. I think another thing that we have to look at now is how are we preparing, you know, our future generation uh, of young people that are players, um, you know, in regards to those next steps, how are we helping them? If we haven't learned anything from society, you you have to be a, you have to understand the value of change, you know, because if you don't change, you're going to become obsolete. And we're always evolving as a society, whether we want to admit it or not. So hopefully we're evolving in the positives and not, you know, evolving in a negative way.
0: Now, Coach, this is one question that my listeners wanted me to ask you. I, 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 want, I want your perspective on this. Um, coach, what's the difference between when you're working as an assistant coach vis-a-vis mm. being a head coach? So if you can write down for my listeners, uh, the difference between when you're an assistant and then when you actually become a head coach, how the responsibilities are divided up based on any, any role there?
2: I, I'll, I'll keep it very simple. As an assistant coach, I made suggestions. As a head coach, I made decisions. Most Those definitely. two words: suge- suggestions versus decisions. Um, if it's a good decision, you look like a genius. If it's a bad decision, you're gonna take the brunt of the hit. Uh, you know, I always tell people the the, the common denominator uh, between you know coaches. Uh, I mean, we have records, you know, and and whether whether we like it or not, you know, some people say your record says who you are you know, as a coach and everything. And sometimes you don't understand all those circumstances that go into it. But the main thing is is definitely the suggestions part versus the decisions. Um, I think when you start to put your staff, I think it's the most important thing you can do as a head coach is have the right staff. And then having that right staff to be able to delegate the responsibilities to where as you're taking on other responsibilities within your program, whether it is uh speaking to the Kiwanis club or the rotary clubs so and things of that nature uh that everything on the practice floor in the film room uh study hall class checks that all those things are still being done and you don't miss a beat
0: oh definitely i'll tell you i i, I described it as like being a ceo of a organization <laughs> that's how i was mm-hmm. described to my listeners but they wanted me to ask you because you are a coach so asking that question i said i'll ask it for you guys because i'll give you what you want <laughs> and you gave it to them simply right. as you could just the same as a, a, a co-host radio show Suggest versus decisions mm-hmm. like i'm the, i'm gonna decide what i cover and what i don't cover i'm gonna take a suggestion mm-hmm. but i'm gonna do what i want to do <laughs> you know so i think right. you lay it out so perfectly right there coach because i'm like that's basically mm-hmm. how, how it is
2: Right, well, here's the interesting part right now, JB. Uh, You know, 10, 15 years ago, if you really paid attention to college athletics, a lot of your ADs were former coaches. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start to look at college athletics now, uh, especially at your power five, power seven levels, a lot of these ADs are development. They know how to raise money. They're not necessarily former coaches. They study sports. They didn't necessarily play them. Uh, so that's where you're starting to get more of the business mindset of the CEO terminology and things of that nature. And then a lot of that also has to go back to when we had conference realignment and the money started to get really big. Uh, felt like you needed more business people as opposed to, once again, having those former coaches and I think with that, you've had some somewhat of a disconnect between your administrators that are more money people, as opposed to understanding, you know, what coaches go through. So, and I think that's something that, as we continue to evolve, you know, hopefully to get back to that side of having coach, having athletic directors and administrators that have experience with that respective sport, as opposed to just watching it and, and then trying to make those decisions without knowing what a coach really goes through through those different seasons.
0: I got two more for you, coach. And first one is about uh, the money. As well, coach. Uh, A lot lot of non-conference schedules for the lower major schools, lower major schools, are are in jeopardy because of COVID. You know, so Mm -hmm. and you coach the Kansas State, so you had to raise money, play guarantee games and money games. If those games are not available to fund athletic departments, in at uh, fund and non-revenue sports, uh, how are these schools going to survive sports-wise through COVID? If, if there's no non-conference games for men's basketball, women's basketball, or, and also football, because I fear for those those universities who depend on those, those those opportunities to make money for the university. And now with COVID, they might not have the opportunity to do that now. So how do so how you feel about that? How's it going to shake out now with those schools having to be in this precarious predicament right now, where, where the money might not be committed this year to fund everything?
2: I mean you know it, it is a very it, it it is a tumultuous time right now because you have decision makers or decisions that have to be made if those those dollars are not able you know to be you know found through playing your guarantee games and and you know there's there's a I think it's above 50-50 whether you'll see college football or not this year uh, which takes a huge hit in regards to your athletic budgets and things of that nature and if you've really been paying attention you're starting to see athletic departments talk about furloughs. Uh, I just saw that the other day with Clemson talking about furloughs and the, those were the, that word right there or layoffs things of that nature so it is it's very concerning right now, um, and hopefully we can re, we can correct this and understand that, you know, this is an unprecedented time, but there were things along these same lines that happened back in 2008 with the financial crisis. And once again, hopefully we can learn better moving forward in regards to
0: that. That's what I got for you, Coach. Is uh, I wanted to ask you about Coach uh, Peel, Randy Peel. He he's the guy who bonds together. Yeah. Uh, he told me to reach right. out to you because he was a great guy. We both here in the Atlanta area, so he he wanted to make a point that we connected. So tell us about Randy Peel, how you know him, what he's meant to you in your career, and what and stories you have about Coach Peel and what his 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 love for basketball.
2: You know what, uh, Coach Peel is one of the hardest working. Uh, coaches I've ever been around. Uh, what I love about him is what you see is what you get. You know, uh, I grew up, you talk about your parents grew up in the civil rights era, mine did too. Uh, my dad was a crane operator and a, cu- and a custodian, so honest days work for honest days pay. You know, and when, I, when, when you talk about Randy Field, that's what you see. Um, love's giving back and pouring back into young people. Uh, has stories for days, uh, I've always, I-, I love going back and talking to uh, the people that have come before me to help pave the way and talk about how they had to adjust to how times have changed. I mean, you think about Randy, I mean, he started in this business when there was no rules, the way you have rules you know i mean you used to be going i remember when i first got into coaching 17 years ago we'd be going literally the whole month of july recruiting mm-hmm. you know and, and so you pack up i mean you pack up bags and you know I, you have a nike bag packed you know loaded to the top like all right i got to get try to figure out how to get 10 changes of clothes in here and then you know you either use in the hotel wash machine or whatever and I mean, it's, it's amazing how it's changed. But the game's still the same because you've got to figure out how to put that ball in the basket one more time than the opponent does.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. But Coach Press, this has been an honor to talk to you. It's been great. It's a lot, a lot of ground here today with you. We got to do this again real soon. And I hope to come up there and see you guys. Where else we get have some lunch one day when it's safe around, I guess. <laughs> you know, we're going to have lunch somewhere around here one, good, one of these good days here, Coach.
2: And you know what? You come up to this area, I'll take you to a good spot. And then when I come down to Henry County, you take me to a good spot down there. We'll we'll
0: even it out. Yes, indeed. Coach, hey, Coach, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure, man.
2: JB, the honor was all mine, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: All right, and Lewis Preston on the Boss Man Show hip work, Hip-hop fans i got got great great for you
1: Only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar Memphis. For the ones who
0: work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.